0: The Washington Capitals are the 2018 Stanley Cup champions!
1: It's not a dream! It's not a desert mirage. It's Lord Stanley, and he is coming to Washington!
0: Welcome back to Dreamers Week Radio. I'm your host, Greg Young, and... Today, uh, I have a special new guest, and someone who I'm really excited to have on for a whole bunch of reasons that I will get into later, and yeah, Fatouba, it's uh, one, nice to get to have you on the podcast, and two, it's nice to know that uh, I can now learn how the record button works on uh, my computer, so uh, (laughs) how are we doing today?
1: (laughs) I am great. Thanks for having me, Greg. I was so excited when you reached out. I'm like, you know, I'm a fan of you guys, so I'm I'm really excited to be here to talk to all of you guys today.
0: Yeah, I I'm really excited to get to have you on too. Um I think that it I, I know we had kind of like circled around having you on the podcast at some point and I figured uh now is as good a time as any um even though uh you're in charge of the uh caps the caps NYC crew and uh I would There's imagine the time. meetings up of that have been a little <laughs> limited lately but uh I'm really excited to get to talk to you. So uh for two, I think kind of setting things up a little, can you kind of give your Capitals fan story because I think each yeah. time I talk to have someone on it's always kind of an interesting question to hear kind of how it started.
1: Yeah. Mine is interesting. Well, I don't know how interesting mine is. I think it is because so I am from Southwest DC born and raised, um, but didn't care or know anything about hockey until I moved to New York for college, which is where I am now, still 10 plus years later. Um, I met a crew who watched DC football. So I I knew, you know, I knew that. And then one day one came to me and said, Hey, you we should watch hockey, we should watch the Caps because we actually go to the playoffs and we win games. And all I knew
0: about
1: the Caps at that point, I knew Ov because I do go back to DC and I do listen to DC radio. So I knew him, like I could recognize him, but I knew nothing and I knew they were red, but I knew nothing else. I, I didn't even know that the red was like a relaunch because they wore other colors before. That's how much I didn't know. So, went to a bar, because I was like, okay, my friends are are there. I was like, I'm probably not going to watch this game, because I don't know the first thing about hockey. And then, of course, I see Alexander Semen, and I was like, we have a guy named... And I, of course, mispronounced his name. And it's like... <laughs> I, 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 wonder, wonder
0: I, wonder, I wonder how that happens.
1: Right? You know, family friendly, so I'm not going to say... What no, you're I good. Thought.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. That makes
1: sense. It's like the record stopped and I feel like everything turned off and everyone looked at me and I was about to just get myself and say, "Okay, it's been real, guys. And then everybody just started laughing. So I was like, (laughs) well, he's he's on the ice. And so I fell in love with him. Actually, I, I found him intriguing. So that's how I got into it. And we actually were playing the Rangers in the playoffs. And we won in five. And I was like, I'm not used to watching us win against New York teams. This is awesome. And then we promptly got swept by Tampa Bay. And I was like, wait a minute. I thought you said we uh won. What?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, we won on the regular season a lot of right, right,
1: right. So so from then each year I started watching more. And I feel like I grew up with Braden Holpie because that next year he was in he was, you know, our starting goalie and he had pregnant Brandy and I just started following even more. And then Joel Ward did game seven. And I was like, okay, we have a black guy on the team. That's how that's how fast hockey was for me. I didn't even recognize that until game seven. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, this is definitely my
0: team. Like, there you go. <laughs> that's good. Well, I think the caps have, uh, I mean, between between Ward and DSP, uh, I think, uh, and Madison Valley, I think is, uh, is uh, half yeah. black too. I think the caps yeah, have kind of- I mean, yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think the Caps have kind of done, you know, I think that's something that it's, there's, there's at least been those kind of role models on the team. So yeah, that's, that's definitely good to hear. And uh, I know now you're, uh, you're, uh, kind of the, uh, the, uh, Queen of the um the uh, NYC Caps Crew, so Hi,
1: I don't so know, I kind of... myself the first lady. The first lady, <laughs> yeah. I like that.
0: There <laughs> you go, yeah. <laughs> you're the uh, you're the Michelle Obama of uh okay. the uh, NYC Caps Crew, and we're just gonna ignore the uh the current <laughs> occupant of the at White House who?
1: for now. I don't know who that is.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um. So okay going to NYC caps crew like yeah. what was the impetus behind creating that like and kind of how has that developed over time
1: Sure so actually a friend um, who's not really on social media so that's why I'm not saying his name cuz he actually looks at me like why are you always saying it he actually created it before like you could do Facebook groups the year I think it's 2009 you correctly like, cuz this is before my hockey fandom the year that we played the pens and lost game seven like seven to zero or five to zero, just something ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so 2009. Um, what I think is yeah, 2009 because then 2010 with the Habs. I don't know how you guys could have survived that. Anyway, um, yeah. So, <laughs> so he he and a group of people via text were like, oh, let's go watch the game. So they went to a bar that they knew played hockey, and it was like a nightclub. And so they get one TV in a nightclub that are, like, doing everything else but caring about it. And you're just getting beat by your rival badly in a horrible, like, surrounding. And so the next year is like, yeah, I can't do this anymore. We kind of, like, find a bar, ask them if, you know, you can, like, for Caps games, especially in the playoffs, can you beat exclusively Caps so that if we lose or when we lose, we're at least in a situation with friends and not with a bunch of people at the club where it's like, okay, they're bumping into me, they don't care and I'm pissed. So that's how it got started and it grew how it actually, so we then got like, um, you know, Facebook groups. So people would join and it was really at that time limited to the people that we knew who we watched football with or other people that we knew who were um, DC trans, transplants from DC here in New York and how it actually got legs in people, especially outside of DC found us. It's not a great situation, but we won in the end was like the crazy situation. Um, when we went to the playoffs against the Islanders, when they had, when they were, when they were in Long Island, that was like the last year before they were shutting down, we played them in the first round and we went. And so like about 15 of us got seats, like nosebleeds for the playoffs. And we went there and they were absolutely diabolical. They were insane. You know, I'm black. They said stuff about my hair. They were saying homophobic slurs to the guys. They, as soon as I walked in, they said, this is not a basketball game. They were throwing stuff at us. It was just an absolute nightmare. And it was actually the game they won in overtime. So I was like, thank God they actually won because this actually got scary. So clearly, you know, and then they also keyed my friend's car. So we're posting that on Twitter. And one of the guys who were there, he did a blog post on our experience, All Truth, and a bunch of, you know, a bunch of publications, a bunch of people, including Dan Steinberg of The Washington Post, Katie Strang. She was at ESPN then. This is before The Athletic (laughs) existed. Mm -hmm. Like, everybody was reaching out to us via Twitter. And because... You know, it was racial and I knew, I I felt like some of the stuff they probably wanted to hear was from the black person because stuff that were said that was racist came up. It's like, I'll talk to everybody about this. Like, ideally, I don't want to talk about something so horrible that happens, but this is real and this happens and this was a horrible game experience. I don't care if I'm the opposing fan base like you can boo me for being a Caps fan, but just making it a little, you know, dangerous and racist and just ridiculous. Um, so in that he asked me to tell the story. So I told him about NYC Caps crew. He found the he found the group on Facebook and he linked to it. And so many people were like, I didn't know this existed. People came from DC to come watch the games with us. People in New York were like, I've been looking for people to watch games with forever. And so, um, you know, so from that horrible situation turned out something beautiful because that's how so many people found us.
0: Yeah, that's kind of, that's that's fascinating on so many levels. It that you is. Can kind
1: that's a word. Yeah, I would <laughs> say, I, you know, I'm over it because, you know, it, it you know, it, well, first of all, it made us very close because to me before, I don't even know if I had most of their numbers when we did this. It, was like a, it wasn't, like, the group, the guy who I knew the most out of them. It was just, like, people were like, okay, yeah, we'll go spend $200 to go get those pleat seats for a game. I don't even think we all had each other's numbers. But after that, because something so jarring that happens, I was thinking personally, all right, these people are never going to want to go to a game with me because it gets so uncomfortable. And, you know, you have people just yelling at me, you know? So I just was like, all right, I'll, I'll just feel I understand if they never want to hang out with me again just because of some unwanted attention they're like absolutely not if something happens to you it happens to all of us we're a crew so we got closer and these are my friends I've gone some of them have gotten married I've been at the weddings like we're 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 homies now so it did bring us closer so a horrible yeah. experience that brought us together, like we're a family, a dysfunctional family, but a family. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Well, this, I mean, that's it's it's interesting. I
0: mean, we're obviously gonna uh, hit on like some of the racial aspects that's been going on in hockey lately, because I think it's important to talk about no matter what. But I think it's interesting too, kind of talking about the the just the very nature of being a fan and the kind of sense of community that you get from that. And it's yeah. it's something that I've been thinking about a lot lately because. I mean, obviously with like everyone in a bubble right now, it's we're kind of at a point where it can feel a little easy to be disconnected and to say, well, why am I watching this thing that's a thousand miles away and I don't have any control over? But I kind of I've grown to really appreciate the Caps community, even as we're all apart. And I'm kind of I'm kind of wondering, like what your thoughts are on that kind of just the community that you've been able to foster and how that really enhances your experience as a fan.
1: Yeah, so I would say, at least for me, you know, black girl fan in this, in this Caps crew, in not just NYC Caps crew, because these are my friends now, but like Caps community, I've loved it. And they, they, the Caps community has been so embracing and loving. And to the point where I, I tweeted like, oh, I'm going to go to Denver for a game and the forgetting about that I had a you know a follower friend I'd never met her at that point who lives in Den, who lives in the Denver area she's like I'm going to go too did you buy a ticket yet no I'll buy a ticket for us together and we and I felt comfortable going to meet up with her for the game and it felt like I knew her when I met her and it was an amazing experience you know something like that was so great and she like picked me up from my um Airbnb and You know, things like that's incredible. You know, or like if I have a Caps related question, like, cause I'll I'll be the first to admit this is when I became a fan. And like people sending me history of other, you know, black players that we have and like how great they were. And just people like, oh, are you gonna be in, oh, you're gonna be in DC for the weekend. I'll be at the game too. Like let's meet up for a drink or a bite to eat before the game or after. It's been incredible. And then when crazy things like, you know, that story and other stories happen, or when people say really bad things to me and I'm gonna assume because of how they respond, it's either because I'm a woman or I'm black or I'm a black woman. Before I can even send my response, there's like a million Caps fans who were there. Like, you do not talk to her like that, but it's, so it's great. And you know, other fan bases too, like when folks from the Islanders fan base heard what happened to me, they've also reached out too, like, hey, you know, we're not all like that. Which, of course, I'm not gonna say everybody just because I had a bad experience. It's every single person, but you know, s- some of these stadiums, I always seem to have the same experience. It's kind of weird, but uh, I'm not gonna go there. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but it's 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 been great, and I've been very lucky before I found. I'm, I'm sure we'll probably talk about this later, but before I found Black Girl Hockey Club, I've been. I felt really embraced with the Caps community. And maybe it's because, like, you know, I've never had an issue going in D.C., maybe because D.C. is a fairly black city, even though, you know, hockey is not. You still, I, I, you know, a lot of times I'm, like, the only black person there minus security and the people who work there. D.C., I feel like there's a little more people who look like me. <laughs> <at> yeah. <laughs> so it's been, in you know, and I love our players, too, and the things they're doing in the community. So it's been a great, it's been a great welcoming community to me. Like, I've never had, you know, minus the team losing, I've never had <laughs> horrible experiences. <laughs> well, well, and
0: I mean, in uh, in 18, uh, you know, that was the, obviously that kind of uh, all culminated uh, in, uh, yeah, that incredible run.
1: That, so for me, what was the best part of that run is because, you, like I said, even like all my friends, like one of my friends, he says to me, um, The way you've been watching us lose every game seven to the Rangers, and also now the Pens, you're definitely as real a fan as the rest of us. So <laughs> stop saying like, yeah, you weren't there for Montreal, but you've gotten this uh, the heartbreak that we have. So you, so don't think that you're not on our level of heartbreak. You, you've been
0: through <laughs> the ringer now a few times.
1: <laughs> so like, what was great about 2018 is like act like watching OV get out the second round, like all of us had that experience together no matter how long you've been a fan. So you could have been a fan since they first, you know, since 1974, you could have been a fan since, you know, whatever, 1980. We all got to witness history together at once. And that was really cool. Like, it was like, I feel like I'm always fresh eyes for a lot of things, but we were all fresh eyes together. Nobody could look at the other to be like, what do you think is gonna happen? Because we're all experiencing it for the first time, and it was just magical, and it made all of the craziness before worth it. Because you know, I, it was more. We appreciated it more. Like I, I thought that I'd be an old lady, like <laughs> somebody <laughs> needs to like feed me food, <laughs> and someone wake me up out of my slumber to say, "Hey, they're they're gonna do it." But just to be able to do that, to have that experience together was so magical, and it was so perfect.
0: Yeah, and it kind of, I mean, I remember, like, it came out of kind of nowhere, too, because everyone was saying, oh, this is the two years before it were, like, the years they should have won, and then it was actually... Weirdly, that always seems to be the case in sports sometimes, isn't it? That, you know, it's the it's the team that maybe doesn't quite have the pressure on it that it finally is maybe the one to break through there. Yeah, and
1: especially, like, on paper, like, I just remember when we got Michael Kempney during the um the last, you know, the last day of trades, and everybody's like, who is that? Oh, my God, what are you doing? Blah, 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 <laughs> you <Yeah>. know? <laughs> <laughs> All of us, because we're, you know, we're a little crazy, Sure. And like, you don't know what you're doing. And just even going through, because Denver wasn't good that year and we just went through the slump where we were just losing to horrible teams and they were yeah. just working us. And you hear the rumors that Barry Trotz is not going to survive the season, let alone get, you know, yeah. get <laughs> get be able to go to the playoffs because he's not going to survive. Yeah. So it was just insane. I, I don't know for you, but I, I feel like um the Pens game five When we came back in the third, that's when I knew we were going all the way. I was like, not only are we winning this game, we we got this. I I don't care. I know we got to see Tampa after this. I'm not taking them lightly, but we got this because just the resiliency and things that I just feel like I didn't see before, I saw and I was like, from game five, I I felt it. Even when we were down 3-2 to Tampa Bay after starting 2-0, I still felt it. So
0: yeah, it was great. Well, okay. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, so and we could reminisce about this all the time. And I actually I want to do some of that later, uh, later on. But I want to circle back to something that you said earlier, kind of about because and, and, I do think it's, it's important to get into kind of because we're at a really interesting place right now with kind of the intersection of race and hockey and race and sports yeah. in general. And yeah. I want to I want to ask you about that, because, yeah. I mean, on one hand, it's I think it's it's I'm obviously and I think we all are frustrated with some of the like actions that various individual teams and players have taken, whereas, you know, obviously, I think things have moved on a little bit, but. I don't know, kind of, you obviously watch other sports aside from yeah. just hockey. So yeah. kind of compare and contrast hockey with some of the other sports you watch a little bit, like how, how far behind do you think you all, we are as as a sport and what can we kind of do to kind of improve things going forward so that we actually have not just representation, but are accepting of everyone kind of no matter their race, religion or creed?
1: Right. So I'll start with this, because I actually recently found a number on accident. So when you say how far behind are we? So do you remember the day that the um, NBA said, we're not playing? Like, until something happens about Jacob Blake, we're not OK with what's going on. We're, we are striking. Not boycotting, yeah. striking.
0: Yeah, and, wildcat and, striking.
1: And the NHL just went on. And it was the Bucks who said it yeah. first, I was, so I turned on to, I turned on to TNT to watch, you know, to watch the the basketball pre-production because now they're just going to be talking because there's not going to be any games. Cause I wanted specifically to listen to them and somebody either on that or maybe somewhere else said that it was to that day, four years ago in Wisconsin, actually during a preseason game that Colin Kaepernick knelt and, the press actually noticed it and asked yeah. him about it. And he's, and he actually said, this is why I'm kneeling. You know, I'm not okay with police brutality. We are not free if this is still happening to us. Like all of that, I don't wanna butcher his words because he, he doesn't deserve that, but you know, all of that. So, you know, if we're gonna just kind of maybe put an arbitrary number for now, as far as being active and talking about it, the NHL at least four years late. Yeah. <laughs> at least. Yes, Yes, in football and basketball, there's more people who look like me. So, of course, you know, because this is happening to us, to people who look like us, to our family members, like we are going to be more active about it. But to your next point, and I hope I'm answering this to me, what it first starts with is empathy. Empathy goes a long way because, you know, even saying Black Lives Matter people, you know, you'll see you see when Holt Holtby put that I skate for Black Lives Matter, not the watered down I skate for Black Lives. I skate for hashtag Black Lives Matter. And look at the comments, even in the caps, who I think their fans are more progressive than most. How people went nuts there, like Black Lives Matter is Marxist, blah, blah, blah. I, there's nothing political about life mattering. Yeah. And it's all about empathy and it's actually a humanitarian issue. Yeah. So, leading with that, whether you're a player or an owner, a fan, a human being, if you lead like that, think versus thinking right versus left and this versus that, and there's no, you know, that would go a long way first. So, like, checking your emotions and Actually sitting and understanding more than listening and learning because we're past that and you know I appreciate them actually saying Black Lives something.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We got to take it to
0: the something I guess.
1: (laughs) We got to take it to the next level and you know when the George Floyd murder because that's what it was happened and you start to see white players saying something. At first it was like wow okay and then you start to look at all of them and it's like okay is this like some ios like press release like you were all given like a format but then you can start to read them and see okay there's some empathy behind a lot of these things and then beyond like oh my god that's horrible i'm listening and learning the action like of course Braden holpy but let's talk about another player who yes happens to be my fave tom wilson Mm -hmm. said okay this is horrible what happened and this is what i'm gonna do and named about like six organizations that he was donating to and linked them and it was beyond like, you know, Fort DuPont, which is incredible, but a lot of people know about that. He was doing clubs like that in Toronto. So it's like, oh my God, you also did research. yeah, and introducing an audience to other organizations that they just might not have known. So yeah. that, you know, they can read up on it and say, hey, this is a great organization to support. I'm gonna donate too. So things like that. And then, you know, also representation is a huge issue. And then what I hear about hockey, like I said, I was an adult when I got into it. I've never been on skates, ice skates, and I never will. I'm way past that time. But (laughs) I hear, like, with hockey players, unlike most other players, like, to have a personality is just not a good thing. As you Mm -hmm. can see, like, oh, they're a bunch of jerks or this. Or look at PK. Why is he talking all the time, you know? Like, so I, I... I I guess in general, like they've never been the ones to be able to like outwardly market themselves, be themselves, be, you know, talk. And maybe the NHL really did not care to allow them that platform or like encourage, I should say, encourage that platform. Yeah. So now it seems like they are, but, you know, the NHL, they just need to, um, not be so watered down because if you are so watered down, what happens is what Eric Trump did during the Rangers Isles game and say, look at them standing for America. Meanwhile, they're in Canada because your dad mismanaged everything.
0: <laughs> yeah. And
1: they can't beat the USA.
0: So you That was compl- that was a surreal moment. <laughs>
1: but you know, you get your message co-opted because you did not you weren't mm-hmm. firm, like so you know, committing to being anti-racist and understanding that you're going to lose some fans because they want it to be the old way that is archaic and we have grown past and you should want to be okay losing that, but being able to gain people like me who instead of saying, oh, well, that's a sport that I don't see anybody, I don't see representation and I don't think that that appeals to me, you Mm -hmm. know, starting to do the work and you know, promote more things that people who look like me did. Like, I don't know if you saw during on Juneteenth, on June 19th, mm-hmm. uh, their tweet on the original, where the slap shot came from, which I actually found out at a Caps game by somebody who worked in security. So good job to them too. They knew the history and they taught me. <laughs> but they, their tweet on that is probably the most retweeted and engaged NHL tweet from the NHL Twitter. So clearly there is interest there because of how viral that went.
0: Sure.
1: Go more on that. And also hire more black people, hire more black women. Representation inside, inside the offices, inside the groups, that goes a long way too because then you have another set of eyes who are looking at something who could easily tell you, hey CAPS, which actually the NHL reached out to me after that. I don't think they did anything, but it was just like, I never thought of that. Hey, Caps, you know, let's do memory. We're going down memory lane here. It's Juneteenth. You know, maybe you want to have a reel of all of DSP's goals during the 2018 Caps run because you know what? All of those were clutch and came at times that we needed to either tie the game or put the game away. Do you yeah. know how much that could have gone? You know? Oh,
0: Yeah. Simple as that.
1: I was like half awake, probably had a couple too many, and I tweeted that. So I put zero thought in that. But to me, that was like clear as day. But maybe having someone, you know, black in the rooms, uh, BIPOC, like being would give you things, give you more content
0: (laughs) to focus on. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I I, I, want to talk about something that you did that I really I whatever I'm going to get I'm going to embrace the the explicit label. I really I really fucking enjoyed, which was one thing that. (laughs) Because <laughs> I, I know that there was um, a, a tweet recently about the fan inclusion committee and NHL outreach. Yes, and yeah. it's something that you went and were just like, hey, I'm willing to be I'm willing to uh, participate and get my voice out there. And uh, I think actually someone from the NHL tweeted at you yes, and said, I, uh, I love her. yeah. And uh, so I kind of can I kinda, kinda give the story behind that a little bit like that? Because I, I just I, I thought that was incredibly moving and uh, really incredible to see.
1: Yeah, so I actually, um, so I've just started to use my voice more. I'm not anybody famous. I'm not trying to be. I am just a fan. And I've gotten followers in the Caps community and followers in the hockey community because I'm pretty engaged on Twitter, for better mm-hmm. or for worse. And to be honest... I I like, you know, look, there's many things I think they can do better, but I like that they're at least starting the conversations. I think that there's a lot of ways they can go deeper. And to be honest, like looking at the fan inclusion thing, and maybe this is part one of a five-step plan. Clearly, I only know what they put out there. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But just looking at that, I was like, okay, where's the fans? So, to be honest, I just wasn't writing that for fun. I was like, no, No. actually, I think that as a fan, I come in as a fan with a unique experience that I think could go a long way, especially with something like that. So I I put myself out there. Um, I've actually met Heidi before because I did tweet at her the year, 2018, and she wound up actually (laughs) taking me to a Caps game, Center Ice, um, in the third round against... Tampa, and she was like, "Oh yeah, we'll meet up for a game." And I said to her, "Um, yeah, I think we're in game four against the Pens in the second round. You might want to hurry up, cause history is <laughs> like we might not get out of this." So, uh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, but that worked out. I mean,
1: that's, she, that's... yeah. So we've stayed, in, you know, we've stayed in touch like via tweets and stuff. Sure. But the point of me tweeting that wasn't specifically to get her answer, but clearly it it, it did some engagement numbers. People like either retweeting it or liking it or saying, yeah, why isn't she in there? And I guess whatever she saw on her timeline, she felt compelled to answer. And I hope it does go somewhere. And I actually got a message from one of my friends in the NYC Caps crew who is Indian who actually used to play hockey. And he's like, I want to be in it, too. Like, I said, you know what? I'm not saying I'm in it, but I reached out and it seems to have gotten somebody in the NHL's attention. So yeah. you should reach out too, because there's unique experiences that just go a very long way that they should have. They should have a seat at the table. So yeah. I'm so you know, yes, I did that. I'm still going to continue to go after that because I do want to be in that one specifically, and then I'm going to also go hard for Renee of Black Girl Hockey Club because she definitely should be in many of those committees because she's been doing so much of the anti-racism work that the NHL should be doing. I think they should hire her. I keep saying that, and I'm gonna continue to keep saying that because you know what? You need to get uncomfortable. NHL needs to be, you need to get uncomfortable change happens when you get uncomfortable so i was happy to see that they included jt brown because i know he's going to shake a table but Mm -hmm. you can't just be including people of color and thinking okay yes i checked the box if they're employed by you or if they're employed by you know nbc not this is not a sub at anybody but i'm just saying like you, you, you gotta you gotta include some others who are ready to shake the table too
0: yeah Agreed. Agreed. Um, and I so um, speaking of groups that have uh, started to shake the table, uh, I want to I want to talk about Black Girl Hockey Club. Oh, oh I man. love and Because <laughs> yeah, uh, I know you're I think I think you're on the board there and uh, I know I know that you're involved. So, yeah. And OK, so talk a little bit about one, your involvement and two, kind of what it means to have, uh, you know, an organization out there like that.
1: So Black Girls Hockey Club, for anybody who does not know, we are here to make hockey more inclusive for Black women, our families, our friends, and our wonderful allies. So the first question I always, either I get asked or the Twitter always get asked, like, hey, I'm not Black, but I wanna be a part of it. Okay, great, you're a part of it. As long as you're an ally, be an ally.
0: <laughs> no for be
1: it. <laughs> anti- be anti-racist, use your voice, use your resources, amplify Black women. All right, you're a part of it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, I mean, I just really love everything that they're doing and how I got involved. Is so I heard about it on Twitter. I joined the I joined the mailing list. And when I was in Africa in 2019 visiting family, I tweet I saw a newsletter. And so when we got internet there, yeah, my family's from third world country. Love Guinea, but uh, you don't have internet in the daytime. So at nighttime when I got the internet. <laughs> that I saw she sent a newsletter and I just responded back like, I wanna help in any way, shape or form. I love what you're doing, but I am like on a flight coming back. I'm gonna be coming back soon. She was like, great. And we spoke over email and I got involved and helped. So my background is marketing. So I was like, I can help in any way, shape or form. Marketing is my forte. So um, that's how I started getting involved with them um, and with us, cause we are a community, we are a family. And what I really love what Black Girl Hockey does is that we're really a community. Like, I went, my first game that I went with them, we do a lot of meetups. Um, The NHL has embraced us. The first who actually embraced us were Caps. So that was where the first meetup was. I was unfortunately not interested in that one, but um, that was a great meetup. But I've done a good number of meetups, mostly in in New York, in New Jersey, because I'm always here. But I came, my first one, My first big one was in D.C., and it was emotional, like looking to the side, left and right of me, looking above me and looking below me and seeing black women of all ages, like black little girls, black women who were older, black women who were my age, all yelling for the players and booing the enemy and just loving the sport. And I was like, I didn't know how much I needed this. (laughs) I am not a unicorn, like, there are other people like me too, and just when we're talking about our experiences going to games, how sometimes we're afraid, or sometimes we need to bring, like, our big friend who looks like a bodyguard because we don't feel comfortable going alone, and just that experience alone, but being able to have that experience together and feel safe and feel okay in our fandom and comfortable has been incredible, and then the anti-racism work too. That's just the cherry on top because it's not about oh let's do meetups, but it's no let's let's make hockey in general from all levels, not just the NHL, more inclusive and is that including you know more women? Absolutely, like let's get Blake Bolden out there and look at what's going on. I'm not going to say it's black girl hockey, but she's now working with she's working with the Kings as a scout and she's Mm -hmm. incredible. But you know amplifying those voices. Being in something super cool that's so little that we do like, you know, you know, like someone's always like, hey, can you retweet this? I can't go to the game. I'm selling my ticket. Now people come to us. Oh, black girl hockey. Can you retweet this? I want a black person to buy the buy a ticket. Mm -hmm. So like getting people into the game by just selling it to, you know, selling it to someone who might not have had access to buy it before is incredible you know, going out in the community and working with the kids in community, something we did in Pittsburgh, which was incredible. So I was like, I, I don't think I've seen a hockey stick when I was six years old, but to see these kids shooting. And, yeah, and,
0: and just know, having fun.
1: <laughs> and put stick handling. I was like, this yeah. is incredible. It just a unique opportunity that I feel like Black Girl Hockey Club has fostered. And um, it's just been great. And now scholarship opportunities, which is the even Greater next step, like okay, we're going to give an opportunity to a black girl to actually be able to afford the game that she enjoys, so she doesn't have to give it up at a certain age. Because I know hockey is super expensive.
0: Yeah.
1: And just giving the, you know, giving us access that we were either too afraid to seek out, but say, you know, we belong, we belong here too, and we should have a seat at the table. And if you're not going to give it to us, we're going to take it. Yeah. so um it's it's really incredible um organization and some great things coming up with it and i I love it I, I love them
0: I, I mean yeah i mean this is this is incredible to hear and uh yeah i i mean the work that you guys that uh, that you yourself do and that uh, black girl hockey do I think are really really important to kind of it develop needed. and enhance the the just not just the caps but obviously the the broader kind of context around hockey and everything like that.
1: Yeah, and what I've noticed is, like, Renee is doing so much work. And I'm going to keep saying the NHL should hire her because she is doing so much They should much definitely work. hire her. I mean, oh, my God. Yes. And seeing, you know, I saw a lot of women reporters going to one of her um, Instagram lives. And, you know, one of the things that she always says, and I stole that from her, she always laughs. I was like, hire Black women, like, amplify Black voices, like allies, you know, sometimes opportunities you're given is it something that maybe would be worth more if you could like pass it along to a black you know BIPOC person black woman you know and I've seen I've seen uh, you know I've seen a lot of allies step up and say you know hey I I want to I want to give this voice to you like one person who reached out to me Courtney Laughlin who has a new podcast and she was like you know Yes, I'm a woman podcaster, but you know a lot of these hockey podcasts from time to time could be the same. So I just want to help how I can to give voices to others to speak of experiences or even like when she said I want to talk to you about your predictions. I was like predictions. Nobody really reaches out to me for that. I have some wild ones. Yeah, you know. (laughs) So and you know, Pete, you know, people are listening. So just do more of it, and I feel like that's because Black Girl Hockey is facilitating these conversations.
0: Yeah. Well, all right. So we're going to take a quick break and then after the break, we're going to talk hockey. Uh, I have a whole list of questions. I want to hear your thoughts on the off season and kind of uh, what you're, (laughs) what you're thinking about head coaching wise. So uh, stay tuned and uh, we'll be right back. Welcome back uh, to J present radio. I'm still here with Fatou and uh, I promised some hockey and some Washington capitals talk. And uh, we're, I think we're going to dive right in. So, um, I, I guess before we talk caps, uh, we got, we got four teams left. Uh, yeah. Do you have <laughs> like a, a, one, do you have what like a ideal Stanley cup matchup? And two kind of, what are, do you have any particular like team that you're rooting for? And uh, why is it not the Islanders? No, I'm just kidding. But, uh, <laughs>
1: well, I can start with that. It's not yeah. the Islanders because first I'm petty. Yeah. Um, I, it's, I, you know, Barry Trotz is an incredible seasoned coach. And I knew he going to the Islanders would make them better. I just didn't think it was this quickly. Yeah. So um, for that alone, <laughs> it <laughs> can't be the Islanders. I don't blame you.
0: No, and it, they're, they're they're not the most enjoyable team to watch either. Yeah. I would say that.
1: no, No, they're not. I, they're a little boring. But you know what, hey, however you win is however you win. So hats off, like they had about a million guys on their squad score against us to our measly three. So, uh, (laughs) okay.
0: That was not a particularly close series.
1: I mean, and you, mind you, he was hired and Tavares was on the team when he was hired. And then like, what, the next week? It's like, okay, I'm taking my talents back home to Toronto. And and this team could be playing in the Stanley Cup final and could win. So, yeah, for that alone, I am petty. I I am not rooting. I am actively rooting against the Islanders. So, by default, Tampa Bay should be going to the Stanley Cup final. That said, I mean, after tonight, I will feel more confident saying that Tampa Bay will be going. Um, that was insane, what they did a couple days ago. If they do something even slightly similar to that, then it's a wrap for the Islanders. I'm just going to say that
0: because <laughs> girl, something has been exposed. Yep. So got, It looked like two different, just like different caliber of teams in that
1: Absolutely. It, it did not look like two people who were in the third round.
0: No, <laughs> so no it did not.
1: On their own merits were on the third <laughs> round. And it also <laughs> makes the Caps look worse that you... Almost got swept by this. What?
0: Oh yeah. So, <laughs> like so, how um, bad would the island? How bad would the lightning have beaten the Capitals? It would. I, oh I, my Yeah. God.
1: And we've Ugh. been waiting for that rematch for a while. And yeah, no. So yeah, <laughs> they can save that because that'd break my heart to see Hopi just scored on to that. To that yeah. level. So I'm. So guess it wasn't for us because I'm not trying to be that team that got eight scored on. So yeah. <laughs> um, have the problem of. Who's the goalie? Because, uh, you know, Mitch Korn is incredible. But good luck to raising the confidence of either one of those. Because you know how it's going to go once Tampa Bay just gets on a roll. You're going to get snatched again. But, yeah. And both of you are going to get equally beat up. So there you go. Um, so by default, if you're going to use the word root, I guess I'm rooting for Tampa Bay. Sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll, you know, they got, they surprisingly, they're a little grittier. They have Pat Maroon. And they and they have Blake Coleman who gets on my nerves, but I do enjoy watching him when he's not playing against my team because it's yeah. funny. Um, and I'm definitely rooting for Dallas because golden knights get on my nerves. So yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, I uh I think I think I'm with you on that. The uh I, I think the knights might be a little bit better, but oh, they're I,
1: definitely better. They're going to go. <laughs> oh, they're gonna beat Dallas. Oh, come on, let's be real. They're definitely That's true. Beat okay.
0: Dallas. Here's what I will say, though, having now been on this podcast a little bit like I, I I tend to agree. I do think Vegas is better. Hockey is so weird and unpredictable, though, that I'm ready for everyone to upon me saying that I think Vegas is going to crush them to uh to when, whenever that inevitably doesn't happen. I'm just going to I'm going to get the, the heat on Twitter. And you know what? That's fine. I embrace it at this point. Yeah.
1: You know. So it's funny, speaking of rooting, because usually I'm so bitter when the Caps lose that I'm like, F everybody! I don't yeah. care who! <laughs> but I was, you know, this year is like an off year, a weird year. I went to Canucks game in um Vancouver this year when the Caps, like, came back.
0: Oh, yeah, the uh the four-goal deficit, like, right? That was so exciting. Oh, yeah.
1: And it was Diwali night, so it was Indian culture and Indian oh, cool. music, so that was incredible time. I will go back to Vancouver. But, um, so they're a fun team, so I was like, my Canucks and then look what they did I was like maybe I shouldn't root for anybody because clearly my (laughs) even like you're you're a curse yeah I by default rooted for the flyers and I had to like go purify myself after that I was like (laughs) I am never doing that again that was
0: a weird thing because I was having the same thing and I was just like I I feel not like totally thrilled (laughs) about this situation right now
1: my dc caps friends they're like what do you mean you're rooting for philly i was like so you've never been to an islanders game in new york and you yeah. don't live in new york so that's why that was not even hard option for me in my we like all the ones who live here in new york we looked at each other like so flyers it is right we're like absolutely like that wasn't yeah. even it wasn't like oh we gotta root for barry it's like no 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 flyers are definitely by default the lesser of two evils And yeah, it's almost making the Flyers look fraudulent too. what the, I mean, Tampa Bay is a great team. And I was listening to Anson Carter and he's right. Like as far as stars go, who can score and even their secondary, like Tampa Bay is the only team in the playoffs who has that.
0: Yeah.
1: So, you know, but my goodness, it was like, okay, I feel like shooting. And then it was just in, I was like, that is some puck luck.
0: Oh my God. They're, they're lethal, too, man. They just have so many good forwards like, on that just, team.
1: I mean, if there was 10 more minutes of hockey, it would have been, like, 15 to 2. Like, it was yeah. incredible.
0: Oh, yeah. That uh, was that was wild.
1: So, yeah, I you know, I'm interested tonight to see, uh, because Barry Trotz is a great coach. Yes. So he's going to have them ready. Whatever ready means, he's going to have them ready. And I just mm-hmm. remember, you know, everybody, when the Islanders were losing, it's like, well, you know, they have limited rest. They just went to a game seven against a division rival. And it's like, for us, it, remember when we, beat, when we went to Tampa Bay, I was like worried. Like, OK, we just went into Pittsburgh and won a game six, but it was like a game seven. And that's emotional in yes. itself. So are we about to go into Tampa Bay, who is the best team in hockey, and just get beat up game one because we need to get ready? And then it was the complete opposite. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> I, I didn't even know. I couldn't even cheer because I was like, this isn't real. And then game two, I was like, what? Yeah. So
0: you know, <laughs> those the- were two just like strange games with how well they went. Because I think as Caps fans, we've just been so we were so conditioned at that point yeah. to just expect bad things to happen, but like both of those games, they took huge leads and we fine and played great. It just, yeah, that was, that was a strange time.
1: Yeah. And it was a Barry Trotz led team too. Yeah. So, you know, to my point of, I do think he'll have them ready, but I wonder if it's just more so that Tampa Bay is just too much of a juggernaut. So no matter what, you know, how they choose to defend it because the goaltending is clearly weaker and just they can't keep up with Tampa. I'm just very interested to see how this goes.
0: Yeah, I think I think it, it'll definitely be interesting. Um uh, so uh let's let's talk about uh our lovely team who is uh sitting in their various homes across uh the, world. U- the US, <laughs> Canada, and Europe. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and so I guess like the 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 news that it's I think seems to be the most important thing to ask about at this point is uh, the Capitals still have not hired a head coach, although yeah. it seems uh, like okay. uh, I I can't really say my sources, but I know site sources and various That's people sweet I talked to sweet have sweet said sweet. there might be something coming uh, soon. I see so the
1: speculations, and I see who they're speculating. and Yeah,
0: that. Uh, me too. Uh, so I I don't know like it seems like babcock has gotten a lot of the attention um so i'm going to i'm going to ask this as a two part question i guess one is who would if they do hire babcock what would kind of your reaction be in all of that and also if they didn't who would be a guy you would really like to see the caps consider
1: so if they hire mike babcock white privilege is going to be in full display again mm-hmm. because didn't we just go through him getting fired in Toronto and so many people and coaches under his tree, being exposed for being horrible coaches and abusive. Yes. So the fact that he's even an option and the other two names you hear who are also retreads who have been fired, it's like, come on hockey, we need to open up this hiring tree more. We need to get more creative. And that's not a Caps problem, that's an all of them problem. Yes but we're just talking about it because it is the Caps and that is an attractive job. So, you know, I, so this is, so I'll start here. I understand, we are a veteran team. We, we, we're, we're, we're dad, we're Caps dads. We got kids at home. We got young yeah. kids. Like, we're not, we're not, we're, we're not the young guns anymore. We got some young kids on the team, but we are a veteran team. So I understand the notion of, okay. And especially looking at the Caps history of the coaches that they've hired and the funds that they put towards that, I understand why right now, specifically, people are saying we need to hire a veteran coach. I get that. Mm -hmm. That said, um, Babcock alone for the stories that I believe happened, should not even have been considered. I also did see something like, you you know, hockey is a Canadian game. He was the Maple Leafs head coach. So maybe we're hearing more speculation about him because look at who's reporting it. Sure. So that is still speculation. But I think the fact that he got an interview, that there is buzz about him and that there's articles saying why he would be a good idea is malpractice. Mm -hmm. That's just where it goes as far as who we should hire. You know, I we we need. I, I under, like I said, I understand not wanting to hire a first-time head coach because we first of all just got burned by one that just wasn't ready to be a head coach. Yeah. Not his fault, but thank God you ripped that Band-Aid off immediately. Like that just wasn't it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But um, minus like me going to Canada and bringing back Barry Trotz. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know. So I'll just talk about like Gallant, for example. The reason he makes me feel nervous and I'm not going to say I know him very well but what I do know is seems like the times recently he's gotten fired they've both been very embarrassing situations like one he was like left to take his own transportation and then the other like look at what Las Vegas is doing and I'm not going to say that's because of a coaching change like they went through like a mini slump that every hockey team goes in and not only do they fire him they hire his enemy that he was trying to fight on the ice last year? Like, what? <laughs>
0: so, I, yeah. I, you know, that was I, strange.
1: So I just wonder, like, is it some bad karma that we don't know about that these are, his situations specifically are ending up horribly? Yeah. Or, you know, so that's a red flag to me. So yeah. just by default i guess out of those options i would go with the one who was the former nashville coach simply because if we're talking about luck here the last coach that we got that was fired from nashville took us and we won it all pretty far so,
0: from <laughs> I, love that that. Point, I think peter yeah. laviolette would be would be an interesting fit that way
1: so just from that alone but clearly whoever we hire, you know someone else also mentioned so joel ward um came to, he, he was a part of our June, Black Girl Hockey Juneteenth mm-hmm. discussion. He was also a part of one of our other discussions. I wanna say maybe, I mean, it was definitely during COVID cause it was, it was on Zoom. And he said, he's in, you know, he officially retired this year. He said he's interesting in coaching. When I said that, some people cool. like, oh my God, why would you say he should be head coach? I said, I said, interested in coaching. I didn't say head coach job, sure. but he knows the locker room. He knows our guys. I would consider bringing them in for something.
0: Yeah, I like that idea. That's a really good, I like that one.
1: So I'm going to put him out there. I said it on Twitter and tweeted him. He retweeted back with like um, the eye emojis. (laughs) Just saying he knows that team. They know him. There is a respect. It was Mm -hmm. something he was saying in one of our conversations, like, you know, when things happen to me, like the Boston situation, I was very vocal in the locker room and I talked to them. And clearly, going back to Devontae, when that stuff happened to him in Chicago, there's clearly a come to Jesus moment and look at how he flourished in the playoffs. And he said that that was the most comfortable locker room he's ever been in. So, you know, maybe let's let's get some people of color because last time we had some people of color in that locker room, we won the Stanley Cup. Yeah. And it seems like we had some come-to-Jesus moments and conversations were happening and a better understanding of each other. So everybody was playing for each other and not for self. I, I, I would I, I would like to see Joe Ward in there in some capacity. And I guess of the veteran coaches that we're talking about, I'll take the one that was fired from Nashville simply because last time we did that, we won. <laughs>
0: yeah, there you go. I like it. I like it. Um, And then I guess my final Caps question is... So aside from head coaching this off season, uh, I think you and I have both watched a lot of Caps hockey. And uh, yeah. like <laughs> off season wise, is there a particular area you'd like to see the team address?
1: Um, well, I, I would like to hope with us getting rid of one of the coaches that our power play is immediately fixed. Like oh, you yeah. cannot, you cannot have Alex Ovechkin, Nicholas Baskin, Kuzi, Vrana, Oshie. And have that putrid power play um, percentage that we had. Like that's yeah. unacceptable. So definitely need to address that. And then also maybe it's emotional, but that's how I feel. Somehow finding a way responsibly to keep Braden Holtby for one more year. Sure. I would really like that addressed um, for the community. Because I think when we um, let go of DSP, to me, that was emotional also because of what he represented to the community and how he chose to stay with us simply because he loved the community. I know mm-hmm. that the, I hear the Bradens, the Hope the Bradens, the he saying they love the community. They, you know, they're doing so much great for the community. And also he's our Stanley winning cup goalie that we could not have done this without. I would like to keep him for one more year and find a way to work that out. So those are two specific areas that I know that we need some defensive help, all that, but those are the ones I care about, that power play, fixing that up, which maybe it's just the new coach already has fixed that up. But mm-hmm. I'm definitely finding a responsible way to keep Braden Holtby on this club.
0: Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. And I want to conclude with uh, another area of expertise of yours. And uh, I will admit that this is a somewhat selfish question because um, – <laughs> Let's do it. During during non-COVID times, I uh, happen to be in New York City a lot, and uh, yes. I I think that you are you are probably I would imagine one of the foremost experts at the best sports bar in New York City. Yes. So yeah, take it away. All right, where? I- if I need to watch a, a and the Caps meetup crew or the Caps NYC crew maybe isn't meeting up that night for whatever reason, yes. and I need to catch a Caps Gabe where should I go in New York City?
1: You're going to JoJo's philosophy between okay. Bleeker and Sullivan. That is a Caps bar. Like mm-hmm. I, you know, me and another friend, we spoke to them because JoJo, Joe is from either Bethesda or Silver Spring, but she's from DC area. So we said, hey, the bar that we used to watch at was a Buffalo bar. They kind of kicked us out. Can we do this? And they're like, absolutely. we went there, we were crazy. And they're like, so when are you coming back? And then that was the year that we went on the run and won. And I was like, I promise you, maybe this is what we do now that we're at your bar. But her husband, who's co-owner, he didn't care about hockey. He's from California. And by the playoffs, he had his Braden Holtby jersey. He, when we lost the first time to Tampa Bay, he texted me like, I'm in bed with the flu and I didn't wear <laughs> my Hopi jersey, so that's why we lost. I lost uh, it. <laughs> but like, he literally became like a crazy Caps fan like us. So yeah, we do meetups, but anytime the Caps are playing, it could be during a crazy football game that everybody cares about. They're dedicating at least one TV and space for you to watch the Caps game. Oh, that's cool. And also in New York, they actually have Old Bay at every single table as a season. Oh, all right. so, Well,
0: that's <laughs> it. I mean, that's, 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 that's it right there. You got
1: <laughs> it. Um, you're welcome. They're incredible. And you know who, you know who did come to our game, during, who found us and went to our game and actually canceled somewhere he needed to be just to stay there? Ovi's agent. Really? <laughs> he's in new york oh, that's wild. he found someone told him he was like where can i watch the caps game someone told him it was during the tampa bay series so it was super crowded by then he got in and he was like yeah what i was gonna do no i'm gonna stay here and apparently, and we you know we do our chants we're crazy apparently he took a video of it and sent it over to obi like oh, this is yeah. right now so <laughs> if obi's agent can come to our bar and it's, and he's the one who found us on Twitter afterwards, like, this is incredible. And we've actually, you know, talked to him, and he's super cool. If he can say that, then I think we're pretty official, and you have to come to JoJo's. It's not Caps hockey if you're not watching it in JoJo's Philosophy. They're incredible.
0: There you go. And uh, I can. I was going to say, actually, I, I was looking on my phone while you answered, and uh, that indeed was actually uh, – I, I have actually seen a Caps game at JoJo's Philosophy, and uh, I think we, we were actually talking before the show. I think that we might have uh, – accidentally met before we knew before uh, we knew each other so that 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 was
1: i like to to introduce myself to people who are you know who i don't know and who i think probably have been there the first time just to be like your family let's do this um Mm -hmm. so we've got to come back again and we're going to sit next to each other or stand next to each other however we do it and enjoy a beverage together
0: that sounds like the dream and i uh Cannot wait for a time where something like that is possible. because uh,
1: know. Who knows when we're going to see <laughs> Caps hockey next? Who knows? I know.
0: I know. Uh, well, uh, one day. One day. I, I continue I to... Yeah, be, be yeah. Me blindly. My uh, my girlfriend gives me crap for being blindly optimistic sometimes, but uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna choose to be optimistic about this one too. And uh, at yeah, some I point, we will uh, be able to have this vision where you know we're at JoJo's philosophy and uh, knocking back a couple of beers and watching uh, the Caps uh, hopefully go peanut. on another run.
1: Yeah, I'll have a peanut. Oh my god, if the Caps go through another run, we I remember when we went through <laughs> the run. Everybody looked at each other like do not get fired from work. That is, but if you do, at least we won. <laughs> so.
0: Yeah, actually, uh, true story. Okay. Actually. All right. One more story. Then I'll let you plug stuff and then we can go. Um, uh, actually I was, uh, the, the night after the capitals won this, or the day after the capitals won the Stanley cup. Uh, I was interning somewhere in DC and, uh, I, I was at a friend's house the, the day after. And, uh, might have been a little too under the weather to, uh, you know, participate in wherever I was going uh, from a job wise <laughs> standpoint. Oh, so cool. I wrote this note that thankfully I did not actually give them. But the note was, <laughs> uh, I uh, sorry, I cannot go to work today. I am. Uh, and then I was that I wrote hungover from watching the Stanley Cups. And I crossed that out and said, sick for unexplained reasons. <laughs> and uh yeah. so uh so I, thankfully i thought yeah i thought better of that but uh so yeah, yeah that was uh prior, but
1: if you did you know <laughs> hey, it comes a story i guess
0: yeah exactly would have been one heck of a way to go um all right well uh fatu this was this was so this was incredible i loved having you on and uh, Thank you. I, want, I, I, want I want to have you on again in the very absolutely. near future
1: absolutely yeah. i'm always available I ain't got else. i mean i work but i don't have anything else to do <laughs> So, let's do it this let's do great.
0: it alright okay and uh, Fatu, where can people find uh, find you and uh, your various musings
1: yes so I am on Twitter and I'm going to have to spell this out because I am African um, Fatu Sajo people don't know how to pronounce that but it is at F-A-T-O-U S-A-D-I-O that's my first and middle name find me on Twitter there um, you can find NYC Caps Crew at NYC Caps Crew handle on Twitter we accept all Caps fans Um, And then Black Girl Hockey at Black Girl Hockey on Twitter. All great follows, I promise you. Maybe Uh, not so much, but definitely those two.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I will I will vouch for all three. They are they are all incredible follows. Um, And uh, speaking of following things, uh, if you like the show, you should rate, write, subscribe, and review. I'm actually pretty proud of that transition. I think I was pretty. If you uh, if you like the show, please rate, write, subscribe and review. Uh, we take all reviews, although hopefully of the five-star variety. Uh, I myself am on Twitter at JR. You can find the show at, at Japers Radio and uh, stay tuned because next week uh, on I, I believe Monday, we're going to have uh, Tariq El Bashir on the show and I'm really really excited to get to talk at to him. him.
1: He's Yeah. Before. Had- yeah. He comes yeah. out with oh. us every time at Barclays. He's great.
0: Yeah, he's, I'm super excited. This is actually, I think his first ever appearance on J.P.R.I.K. Radio. He's great.
1: He has so much insight. He's incredible. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah. So I'm I'm very excited to get to talk to him. And uh, Fatu, just thank you so much for coming on. This was incredible.
1: Thank you for having me.